Welcome to the Gather Houston podcast. We are a Christian community practicing the way of Jesus in all parts of life and for the good of all people. Thank you for joining us today. Uh, Well, it is good to be together today, even if through a screen uh, for our first Easter here in our new space at 108 West 10 and a half street. Uh, If you are watching today and you haven't visited in person, if you are able to, I would love to just invite you in. Uh, It is a really unique experience. Uh, Maybe you've heard a pastor or church leader at some point in your life say that uh, Easter is the Super Bowl of the church calendar, the Super Bowl Sunday. And, uh, you know, other than the fact that churches spend an astronomical amount of money on advertising that nobody needs, I don't really love the metaphor. Uh, But it is an important day in the church calendar. Uh, Easter, in a a lot of ways, kind of represents Uh, the foundational truths of our faith. It's not a product that we need to consume or advertise for, uh, but it it does represent kind of the foundation of what we want to believe. And so because it's such an important time, an important day uh, for Christians, in recent years, Easter for me has become a time where I sort of sit and reevaluate what I believe about all of this. If Easter is supposed to be uh, foundational, then what is it that I believe. What are the foundations of my faith? And my beliefs are, of course, probably like yours, largely shaped by what I first heard in church. And if you've been around here very long, you know that I grew up like a church kid, like a go-to-church-three-times-a-week-at-minimum kid. And um, I've actually never not gone to church on Easter Sunday. A little bit of a humble brag there. Uh, Maybe you've done that too. But in all that sort of religiosity that I grew up with, uh, this is what I was taught growing up. Uh, two, two big things. Ourselves, our humanity, our bodies are the enemy. They're bad. And that we needed to be 100% certain about the things we believed. Right? Flesh, body, humanity, bad. And make sure you are 100% sure about these things you believe. Rightness was always worshipped. And this was never more clear than on Easter Sunday. I always got two big takeaways on Easter. One, I was a sinner. What a great Easter message. But in the context I was raised in, it was impossible to tell the big gospel story without starting with the fact that we're all wretched sinners. And so my first big takeaway at church, especially on Easter, was that I was a sinner, cursed from my first breath. And then every Easter, we got together and we had to be 100% sure about this resurrection thing. It was of first importance, and we need to live without a shadow of a doubt in this belief so that we could be 100% certain that when we died, we would get to go to heaven. And on Easter, we worshipped our own rightness, all the while loathing ourselves. And for a lot of my life, Religion was kind of an odd mix of self-flagellation and intellectual elitism. But thank God I have found a new way, a better way, a more liberating way to see this amazing story. I believe the Easter story invites us into something so much bigger than self-hatred or the celebration of our own certainty. I love Easter. And I know you might just think I love Easter because it's my job to love Easter, but I love Easter. Easter is hope and renewal 
and the reminder that all of this, like all of this, isn't all there is. We can start over. We can begin again. There is newness springing up all around. Love wins. Beauty saves the world. Light breaks through. Easter is good news. And so here's the good news I want you to hear this Easter. Are you ready? Here's my big headline for today. You are human. That's my good, that's my Easter good news for you today. You are human. You have fears and doubts. You have joys and passions and desires. You likely have some anger and some resentment. You have love and you have light. You are complicated and you are human. And your humanity is beautiful. It's good. It's worthy. And the Easter story invites us into embracing our humanity and all that comes with us. The scriptures tell this story in the Gospels of an innocent rabbi and revolutionary who was arrested, put on trial, and a mixture of political power and religious extremism crucified that innocent man on a hill called Golgotha. And I believe that that man, Jesus Christ, was God. And that after three days in a tomb, he rose from the dead in a glorious display of divine love and power. I believe. Most of the time. Mostly. I believe. And after this miracle of love, we get these different accounts in the Gospels of what happens with the disciples. The the people who were living with Jesus, following Jesus, the closest to Jesus. We get these accounts of what they're doing and how, how they're thinking right after Jesus is raised from the dead. Like in Matthew 28, there's two women who encounter the empty tomb and an angel. And it says, the angel said to the women, do not be afraid, for I know that you are looking for Jesus who is crucified. He is not here. He has risen. Just as he said, come and see the place where he lay. Then go quickly and tell his disciples. He has risen from the dead and is going ahead of you into Galilee. There you will see him. Now I have told you. So the women hurried away from the tomb, afraid yet filled with joy. It's one of my favorite resurrection phrases, afraid yet filled with joy. Or in Mark 16, we get another account of the disciples. When Jesus rose early on the first day of the week, he appeared first to Mary Magdalene. She went and told those who who had been with him and who were mourning and weeping. When they heard that Jesus was alive and that she had seen him, they did not believe it. They just didn't believe, very plainly in Mark. Or in Luke, after these same women report the resurrection to the disciples like the angel tells them to, it says in verse 11, they did not believe the women. The disciples don't believe because their words seems like, seemed like nonsense. Peter, however, got up and ran to the tomb. Bending over, he saw the strips of linen lying by themselves, and he went away, wondering to himself what had happened. Peter had all the information from these women. He had seen it with his own eyes, and he was still confused. Or at the end of the Gospel of John, we get the report uh, of Thomas, who we know is doubting Thomas. And it says, now Thomas, one of the twelve, was not with the disciples when Jesus came to them. So the other disciples told him, we have seen the Lord. But he said to them, unless I see the nail marks in his hands and put my fingers where the nails were and put my hands into his side, I will not believe. Listen, with all the correct information, with all of the necessary theological training, these disciples are scared, confused, and doubting because they are human. And none of that humanity is left out of the story, because none of that humanity changes the power of love. This is the good news. We are human. 
And our humanity does not have the capacity to affect the transforming, life-giving, life-raising power of love. We are human. What good news? And we are human. And I know you know this, but I'm just going to say it really plainly. We don't do the resurrecting. That's not our role. We don't do the resurrecting. It's not our power. It's not our will. It's not our convincing arguments or our expertise that raises anything from death to life. Resurrection is, was, and never will be our, our responsibility. Resurrection is not our responsibility. We are human and we don't do the resurrecting. The disciples, they didn't have to be experts. They weren't tasked with providing uh, evidence for the resurrection. They didn't have to vow to anyone to be 100% certain about the resurrection. Because they are human, their role in the story was to be an honest witness to the power of resurrection. And maybe it's our general savior complex or our arrogance, but God is the one who does the resurrecting. God does all the resurrecting. God brings all of the life-giving, love-affirming, inclusive power of resurrection. God brings it all. And we, we just get to be witnesses. That's our role. We are human, and so this is our role. Be an honest witness. That's all we have to do in this story. Just be an honest witness to resurrection with all of our fears and with all of our doubts and with all of our confusion, with all of our humanity, we're just witnesses to love and light and goodness and beauty. We can be afraid, yes, but we are filled with joy because we get to be a witness. And listen, resurrection is happening everywhere. And what you believe or don't believe about the story given to us 2,000 years ago doesn't make resurrection more or less true. Listen, I don't believe in the resurrection just because a, a story told me it's true. I believe in resurrection because it is the story of everything everywhere. Everything is dying and rising. Like right now in your body, wherever you are sitting, wherever you're listening to this right now, Right now, there are 50 to 70 million cells that will die in your body today. And there are 50 to 70 million cells that will be born. Death and resurrection, recreation. And now maybe take a second, just bear with me here. Breathe in and out. Now, when you inhale, air enters into your lungs and oxygen from that air moves into your blood and at, this, at the exact same time in this complex way that a lot of us don't understand, we definitely don't control, carbon dioxide moves from our blood to our lungs and is exhaled out. Without your permission, you are living resurrection. You can't control it or change it. Resurrection just is. From the plants in your yard, to the breath in your lungs, to the pain in your heart. All of it is living out this cosmic story. And I, I know you, I know a lot of you. 
I know that you have experienced resurrection, and it may not feel like it. It may not feel like it. But every time you've had that pain, and you've done the hard work of healing, and you have experienced new life, you have seen, witnessed, experienced resurrection over and over again. It has happened. It is happening. It will happen. Resurrection is the story of everything everywhere. Everything is dying and rising. So for us, our role is simple. We don't have to be the power of resurrection. We don't will it to be true. We just stand as witnesses to the goodness of God. You don't have to hold any of the responsibility. Just open your eyes and see it. Experience it. Be a witness to beauty, to love, and light, and be honest. Be an honest witness. So for you, do you um, feel like you're able to be honest about your uh, religious experiences? Right? Are, are you able, especially in religious spaces, to say, I'm scared, uh, I'm doubting, I'm confused? And I wonder if you would just be willing today, on Easter Sunday, to admit that maybe you've had some doubts about some of this, or that you are afraid about how God feels about you. Or maybe you're just confused, and maybe you've been listening to me for 15 minutes, and you go, I have no idea what's going on here. That's okay. Do you feel like you're able to be honest about your religious experience? And on Easter, do you feel especially responsible for having all the right answers and believing the right amount? On this kind of special day, this holy day, do you feel an extra weight to be certain, to be sure, to have it all right? I just want to encourage you that if the grave, the power of death, couldn't hold Jesus, you don't have to worry about your beliefs or your doubts or your past or your pain or your grief holding Jesus back from offering you love and acceptance. If the power of death couldn't hold him, neither can you. There is nothing in your life, there, there is nothing intellectually happening with you. There is no belief or practice that can hold Jesus back from offering you love and acceptance. If the grave couldn't hold him, you can't either. And for you, I wonder how you could witness resurrection this week. It's the story of everything, everywhere. I really believe that to be true. But maybe if you're going to see it outwardly, maybe the work starts by looking inward. You say, where have I experienced resurrection? Even if I didn't see it that way, even if I didn't understand, maybe before you see it out in the world, you could see it in yourself. And you could ask, where have I been? Where, where have I experienced real deep pain? Where have I done the work of healing? Where have I seen new life for me? And maybe being able to claim some resurrection in your own life will help you see it in the world. And then I just want you to know, if you're, in the, if you're just in the middle of it right now, and I know some of you are, of pain and grief and struggle, it might be really, it might be really hard to see resurrection. And I get it. And you are heavy-hearted. And one, I just want you to know I see you, and I have, I have, spent, I have spent some Easter's like that. 
And maybe um, it would help you to just focus on the inevitability of newness, that there is a new season coming. It always does. Maybe you could focus on your breath this week. You could just take some deep breaths in and out and say, something's happening in my body. I'm going to believe that for my life and for my world, for my heart, that something will change too. Listen, you are human. It's good news because it means you are not responsible for resurrection. You don't have to be 100% certain. You don't have to prove anything to anyone. You just get to be an honest witness. What a good day to be human. Open your eyes to see and experience all the newness, all the beauty, all the love springing forth in our world. Uh, Before Ellis was born, uh, Katie and I went on a baby moon, which um, now that I have a couple of small kids, I really wish I would have saved that money to travel without them now. Uh, But we went on a baby moon before Ellis was born. We saved up all of our uh, credit card points, and we went to Hawaii, and it was awesome. And um, while we were there, we went snorkeling, and I don't know if you've ever been snorkeling. I I hadn't ever been snorkeling, but it um, it was amazing. So there were like, uh, you know, dolphins dancing. When you went under, you could see sea turtles. And the underwater vegetation was vibrant and just a, a rainbow of colors that um, you, 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 couldn't, uh, you couldn't take a picture good enough to experience what we saw. Um, but I had a problem snorkeling. Uh, I kept holding my breath. I would go under, and I had, like, the goggles and the tube and the, the snorkel. I had the snorkel. That's why it's called snorkeling. And I had the whole thing, and I would go under, and after, you know, 15 or 20 seconds, I would stick my head up, and I would be exhausted and heavy breathing. I was scared, I think, and um, I, my body wouldn't let me trust the resources that I had been given. And so I was just grasping for control, and I just kept popping my head out of the water. But what that need for control meant for me in that experience was, one, I didn't get to see near as much beauty as I could have. And I was exhausted at the end of it. I missed out on the experience, and I was exhausted. And today we celebrate that resurrection power has been made known to us. We have been given unending, life-giving, death-defying love. And if we really want to be a witness, if we really want to experience it and see it, we're going to have to surrender and let go. We're going to have to trust what we've been given. If we keep trying to control it, to be certain about it, to assume that we're in charge of it. It will just mean that you won't get to see near as much beauty as you could have, and I promise it will exhaust you. So today, trust in the power of resurrection. It's not your power. It's not your resources. It's not your responsibility. God does the resurrecting, so surrender to it. It is springing up everywhere. Crying out from every corner of the universe is the truth that love wins. 
that light will overcome darkness, that good will conquer evil, that mercy will triumph over judgment. Resurrection is the story of everything, everywhere. Resurrection is the air that we breathe. It is our ultimate reality. Everything is dying and rising. Our humanity cannot hold it or speed it up today. As honest witnesses to love and light, we are made, we are called to surrender to this good news. There is nothing. There is nothing. There is nothing. No height, no depth, nothing present or future, not life and not even death can separate you from the love of God in Christ Jesus. And so gather, if you would do me a favor, and you would take one more deep breath in and out. And now put your hand over your heart and feel your heart beating in and out. That is new life over and over and over again. So gather, this is my prayer for us today. Know today that if you are breathing, if your heart is beating, if you are alive, then you don't have to be right to be worthy. You don't have to be certain to be seen. You are loved. You are treasured. You are here. And you are walking resurrection. Amen. Thanks for listening. If you're interested in Gather, check out our website at gatherhouston.org or visit us on Sunday at 10 a.m.